Packers game day continues. It was really encouraging to see our guys when we had to, you know, kind of backs up against the wall and in the red zone, uh, come through and make some plays. With Packers OT, presented by Pillow Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. You can't come out talking about, you know, getting more opportunities and not bump through. So it's something that I'm going to make sure I do today. Now. Hear from the fans, the players, and get updates from around the league. The big sequence was obviously into the first half, getting a touchdown, coming out in one place, 75 yards. With your host, Greg Matzik, on the Packers Radio Network. On a beautiful day for football at Lambeau Field, the Packers take advantage of four Cleveland Browns turnovers to outlast the Browns 24-22, improving to 12-3 in the process. A record-setting day here at Lambeau Field. We'll detail all that and more as we begin Packers OT. Welcome into the program. Merry Christmas to one and all. I'm Greg Matzik, inviting you to join us to be a part of our program. Packers OT presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. It's Pella now, pay later at Pella Windows and Doors. Order by December 31st and get five months, no first payment, plus five years, no interest. For details, visit PellaWI.com. Expected to be joined by Packers safety Adrian Amos here in a few moments. Voice of the Packers Wayne Larravee will be stopping by, extending his holiday greetings as well. We'd love to hear from you, right? You're stuck in traffic. You're leaving Lambeau Field. You're on your way back for a little Christmas dessert. Why not hang out with me for a little while? 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us here on the program. 855-616-1620. Boy, what a mixed bag. Very much a mixed bag today for the Green Bay Packers. And you started to have some feelings uh, that you may have had uh, during the Baltimore game where you start to build a nice lead. It looks comfortable. Offense doing exactly what they want. The defense bending certainly especially against the run but forcing enough turnovers to keep the browns at bay it kind of felt like last week against the baltimore ravens built that big lead but then had to hang on at the end it's exactly what happened today to the packers as another afc north division team found itself in the ball game with a chance to win it in the final drive but four turnovers four interceptions thrown by baker mayfield that's spelled doom. You cannot come to Lambeau Field and expect to beat Aaron Rodgers with four turnovers. Packers, of course, protecting the ball per usual and earning the win today, 24-22 the final. So if you're going to grade this game out, you probably come away with a C. And, and maybe it's special teams, of all things, that sort of lifts it to that point. You had a mixed bag here. Right, the, the run defense for the Packers, boy, it really struggled. We have not seen the run defense struggle as much as it did today, although it certainly was not great against Baltimore. However, they have more of a, a mobile threat at quarterback uh, than do the Cleveland Browns, but the rushing totals are staggering here for Cleveland to the point where they were really struggling in the second half to try and you know generate points, get points on the board. You're getting a third and seven, third and eight, third and ten. They're running the football and picking up chunk yardage. So you don't like to see that. However, Baker Mayfield... I'd like to hear what the folks in Cleveland have to say about Baker Mayfield at this juncture, but four interceptions today. You forced the ball into his hands. He had to throw it to get back in this game late, uh, and the Packers took advantage, intercepting Baker Mayfield four times in tonight's contest. As uh, voice of the Packers, Wayne Larravee, joins us at the table. Wayne, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Greg. Good to be with you. Well, amazing. Special teams win today. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of a mixed bag for offense. Who would have thunk it? Yeah, I mean, really. Well, it was uh, overall kind of a mixed bag, as I was talking about here. Uh, let's start with the offense. Boy, it seemed like everything was into a groove, and all of a sudden, 
after that first drive of the second half, it, it, it just sort of stalled, Wayne. Yeah. How do you think? Uh, yeah, and, you know, you give Cleveland some credit, too. But, um, yeah, things kind of stalled a little bit. I, I thought... Um, you know, when I looked at the Browns and I looked at halftime, they had like nine rushes for uh, 68 yards. And you said to yourself, well, why are they not running the ball more type of thing? And, um, you know, in the second half they did, and they moved the football with authority on the ground. I thought that that was a little concerning. But, you know, the part of the defense, Greg, and we keep talking about this, part of playing defense today, it's it's not like it was with the 85 Bears or the 2000 Ravens where you're holding teams under 200 yards at a game and that kind of thing. That's not the way the game is today. The game today defensively is, you know, what do you do on third downs? What do you do in the red zone? And do you take the ball away? And can you sack the quarterback? Well, the Packers did two of those things pretty well today. They sacked the quarterback and they took the ball away. Yeah, the Baltimore was, uh, excuse me, Baltimore. Cleveland was 7 of 12 on third down today. That's a kind of an eye popping number. Yeah. The Packers just 3 of 10. Uh, that's a surprising number to me, just, just given their ability to move the ball. I, I thought it might be tough to run the ball against Cleveland. Uh, the Packers' running game I, I thought was fine, it was just over 100 yards. Uh, but it just—it felt a little like a self-sabotage sort of thing in that second half. They got behind the chains a little yep. bit, and uh, the playbook was kind of shrunk. Yeah, and, and you know, and I, I don't have it in front of me, Greg. But uh, was it third and six, third and eight, third and nine? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a, a, a lot of times third down is, is predicated on what are you facing third down, facing third and one, third and two enough times. You're going to have a very good percentage on third down pickups. But if you're facing third and long, um, that's going to be a different story. Yeah, third and six, third and twenty. There was yep. uh, in, in that second half, and uh, ultimately a third down and. Well, a tough chance for Devontae Adams, but if he pulls that in, you, you feel pretty comfortable at the game at that point. Uh, just got away from him, but you know the, the hookup between Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams was pretty consistent all day long. And they were going up in a lot of times against um, an ex- excellent cornerback. Um, you know, Denzel Ward is just—he's an outstanding cornerback. He's a Pro Bowler. We saw a couple of times it was Devontae against him, and a couple of times Devontae beat him. And and but that's just Pro Bowler on Pro Bowler. You know, those—they may see each other in <laughs> early February, January, whenever the Pro Bowl is. I, how do you grade out the defense here today? Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm concerned. I'm concerned not just for today. I'm concerned about what I've seen the last month since the Minnesota game. Um, the big plays, that's the thing that, that is kind of jarring to me because they were so good in the first ten games of the season at preventing the big plays. Uh, Matt LaFleur expressed this concern um, in the post-game interview with Larry uh, just a few moments ago. Um, it is the third down defense, and you just pointed out the numbers, not good, and it's the red zone defense, which has been an issue all year. And so uh, that's uh, situation football, and this is kind of concerning as you head down the stretch. Now, they were able to hang on. I think Baker Mayfield was kind of off today in large measure because he's missed time with this COVID thing. You know what I mean? He was healthy today. He moved around well today. Uh, The week off probably helped him, but the timing wasn't there. You know what I mean? That's the thing you didn't see. Uh, And I'm a a little surprised Alex Van Pelt, who's the former quarterback's coach here, uh, wasn't running the football more in that first half. Um, But I'm a little concerned about the defense, yes, in in hemorrhaging big plays because big plays lead to scores. You know, four turnovers, five sacks, those are outstanding Mm -hmm. numbers. But you see Cleveland with a chance to win it at the end, 22 points with four turnovers, right? I mean, right. That, that, that's the thing that has started to change here. Uh, the point production was somewhere in the 17, 18, 19 area yeah. for the bulk of the season, much of which was without Jair Alexander. Some of it was with him. 
and now we're starting to see that trickle up for 27-28. Yeah, I, it would be really nice if you could get Jair back on the field in the last two weeks of the season, if you can. I, I don't know. I don't have any inside information as to where he is in terms of his comeback. It would be wonderful if David Bakhtiari could come back, although I thought Yash Naiman, again, held up pretty well. But we knew, you see... Here's the thing, and they're going to write about the fact that, uh, you know, Miles Garrett did not have much of a game here tonight, didn't make much of an impression. Miles Garrett was fortunate to be on the field. It was out of sheer will. Most players, I'm talking about 90% of the players with his injury, a groin injury. I saw it in the uh, uh, Raiders game on Monday afternoon. It was a bad injury, a bad groin injury. He came back into that game, and that was fine. I said, okay, you can probably do that. But. You know, you sit and then you try to come back from that kind of a soft tissue pull type of injury. That's really hard to do. He sucked it up. He did what he could, but he he reminded me of the Aaron Donald situation in the playoff game here last year with a high ankle sprain. Aaron Donald went out there. He's a warrior, but he wasn't Aaron Donald. And uh, Miles Garrett was not Miles Garrett today. No, and no Jadavian Clowney either for the Browns. Yep. Uh, and they've had all sorts of issues. Short week. I mean, I get it. This was a tough uh, and tall task for the Cleveland Browns today, and they're still in it by all means in the AFC North. I, you settle it all down here, and, and the Packers do what they have to do. Right? They did, yeah. 12 and, 12 and 3, they've probably got a little bit of buffer. Um, and then two division games to round things out, still sitting in a really nice spot here. Yeah, it really are. You know, and, and But I think the Packers are going to want to be playing better down the stretch. I think in turn, overall, um, especially defensively, I thought special teams held up okay uh, today. You know, no glaring issues there. Um, you know, but... I think the Packers are going to want to get a little bit back to where they were uh, five games ago defensively down the stretch. Now, you're going to have a good Minnesota team coming in here. But I'll tell you, Greg, as good as the Vikings were that day in Minneapolis indoors, um, the Packers should have won that game. Darnell Savage hangs on to the interception. They win the game. Um, you know, so uh, you've got Minnesota coming in here. You're going to have to play well. They're in the playoff hunt, and they're right there in that wild card race. And then you go to Detroit, and we know. Hi, do we always finish the season in Detroit? And is it <laughs> Always ugly. Do we always have? Does it always come down to a Mason Crosby field goal to win it, not yeah. a walk-off fashion? You know, like it. I mean, and, and the Lions, by the way, go into the game like one and twelve or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. That kind of thing. So those are the two games left. And um, yeah, boy, it'd be great to get that home field advantage. It doesn't guarantee anything. It's not a matter of where you play playoff games. It's how well are you playing well, that day. Hopefully the Packers can get some of those bodies we talked about back. David Bakhtiari, perhaps. Jair Alexander, perhaps. They've been sort of in and out of practice. Uh, I and, and I don't know where Zedaria Smith is. Yeah, I was just going to say. I haven't heard anything. It doesn't feel like doesn't he's, feel like he's coming back. I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, what we've Bakhtiari's been on the practice field. Jair's been on the practice field. I don't know where Zedaria Smith is. By that, I mean I don't know where he is in terms of his injury. You know, is he... Getting close to coming back? Is he going to be back? Is he not? You know, so I don't know. It'd be nice to have him back. But hey, Rashawn Gary, another good game today from him. And um, you know, I, I, Devondre Campbell made a lot of tackles. Unfortunately, some of them were downfield. Um, but this Cleveland running game is for real. They are a good running football team. Seems to be what they do best. I'm surprised they didn't do more of it. You trod Baker Mayfield back what 34, 36 times. I, what are you doing? Like <laughs> just like he's, you're not going to win the game. You, you got back into the that. game on the ground. They did. You know what, what's Baker doing throwing on that last drive? And thank God for Rasul Douglas. You know <laughs> he might be the best practice squad pickup ever, and the best there ever will be. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Could be seriously could five be. interceptions in what three games? He's basically delivered the dagger on. You know what I mean? You're right. The Arizona interception. I think he had. Um, one on a pick six at the end of that game and uh, a while back. And then tonight, you know, the interception right there was the end of it. Hey, uh, 
great pickup. And from all I hear, Greg, the kid, you know, the stories are, and, and the coaches keep telling me, he, he he's in here almost 24-7. He's studying tape. This is not just... A, a, a joke out here. This is not just by happenstance. He's reading plays. He's reading the quarterback. He's reading what's in front of him. You know why? Because he's preparing. He's preparing like a pro, like a Charles Woodson type. Yeah, very cool stuff. Twenty-four, twenty-two. The final. The Packers now twelve and three. Uh, for the first time, we have an we have an audience here on our Christmas broadcast. Uh, your <laughs> lovely wife has joined us here. Wayne, I'll let you get back. All right, family stuff. Merry Christmas. Same to you and Great your family and, as well. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Much appreciated. 22, uh, 24 22, the final. The Packers improved to 12 and 3 with the win. We are just getting started here on Packers OT, presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Adrian Amos, our guest, coming up next. Packers Radio, presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Rodgers again under center, short drop, lost right side. Devontae over the center's got it, and he's ripped down across the 20. They beat the all pro. Denzel Ward down the right sideline to the 16-yard line of Cleveland. My goodness. Ten receptions, 114 yards, and a couple of touchdowns for Devontae Adams today. Packers knock off the Cleveland Browns 24-22. Chevrolet is proud to be the best-selling brand in Wisconsin and the official vehicle of the Green Bay Packers. Car Chevy on your team. Visit your local Chevy dealer today. 855-616-1620 if you would like to join us here. Packers OT presented by Pella, Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Happy to welcome in Packers safety Adrian Amos following today's victory. Four interceptions for the Packers defense today led to 21 Packers points. Very key in today's win. Adrian, Merry Christmas. Congratulations. Merry Christmas. Thank you. Okay, how do you feel about uh, the defense's play today? Obviously the turnovers were obviously were huge. They were able to get a little work done on the ground, however. How do you assess uh, the way the defense played today? Um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you look at the win. Um, you look at what we did well. Um, but when we go in and we watch the film, we'll see where we can get better. Um, they did a lot of a great thing in the run game, and they have a, a great run game with a, a great back and a great offensive line. So, um, you know, that's just something that we have to look at um, on the film and uh, to find um, what the reasons why um, they they had a, a great game on the ground, but um, at the end of the day, we we held them to um, less points than they scored. So, um, you know, we going to um, celebrate tonight. Yeah, it seemed like for the most part, Adrian, the, the the pass defense and the pass rush were in sync today. Four turnovers, five sacks. The the timing of that is always so key. It seemed to work out pretty well tonight. Um, yeah, I mean that those things, you know, go hand to hand. Um, you know, when they're getting pressure on the quarterback, um, you know, when we were making them um hold the ball a little bit longer than he you know, he would want to. So, um, you know, when when we both in sync, um, you get uh, good results like that. Well, you get the win, you improve to 12-3, and three, and, and things set up pretty well for you here. Not that you're going to take the Minnesota Vikings or Detroit Lions for granted, uh, but do you feel like you're in a nice position here in the NFC with a, a couple of weeks left? Um, for sure, always. Um, you know, we, we're the one seed, so um, it doesn't get, um, you know, better than this position at this point, but... Um, you know, we have, we have to focus on this next week. We got our opponent that you know we've lost to, and and um, that that's a, a division opponent opponent, and and you know we gotta go out there and and, and execute. We gotta play well. Um, they're gonna come in. It's gonna be a big game for us, and um, you know it, it, this is this is the most important game because it's the next one. Packers safety Adrian Amos joining us on Packers OT. I, what is it like, Adrian, to go throughout the practice week? 
I, do, is it, do you hold your breath just hoping a new name isn't added to the COVID list? I mean, this is just unlike anything we've ever experienced, I believe, as fans and I'm sure as players. Yeah, it, 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 I mean, you can't really harp on it too much. You just have to try to stay safe and, um, you know what I'm saying, and, and hope for the, and, you know, pray for the best. Um, you know, but it, yeah, it is different. Um, it's a, it's another, it's adversity. Um, it's something that, but it's something that everybody is dealing with, especially during this time. And you know, it's, um, you know, and it's a lot of unknowns. So it's like, I try not to worry about stuff that I, you know, I can't really control. Just control what I can control and uh, move forward. You got to see history tonight, Adrian. You were on the sidelines when Aaron Rodgers found uh, Alan Lazard, who did a little bit of work to get into the end zone. I know you guys are going through stuff and then looking at tablets and whatnot, but did you get a chance to see that play and congratulate number 12 after a historic throw? Oh, for sure. Um, you know, that, that, that's, a, that's a big deal. That's, um, that's something that um, who knows when, when, you know, when his record is going to be broken. That's, that's something that's going to be there for, you know, years and years to come. And um, that's big. At a historic franchise like this, um, where you can have two quarterbacks to throw for that many touchdowns, that's, you know, that, that, that's, that's incredible. You get a little Christmas celebration tonight, too, after a win? Oh, for sure. Go home with my family, um, eat some good food. Um, you know, saying with my boys and my, you know, my wife, and you know, have a good time. Probably watch the Grinch again. <laughs> it's on repeat in our house too, man. I can identify with you, Adrian. Merry Christmas, my friend. Thank you for joining us tonight. Congrats on the win. All right, thank you. Merry Christmas. All right, you do the same. That's uh, Packers safety Adrian Amos, 855-616, if you'd like to join us. Four turnovers for the Packers today, five sacks. So kind of a mixed bag for the defense, as I mentioned early. Uh, the bat is allowing 219 yards on the ground and 8.8 yards per carry average. Uh, that is not a number you'd like to see. Uh, but by and large, the uh, the turnovers and sacks uh, sort of evens things out a little bit today in the Packers' win. Let's uh, chat with Parker in Green Bay. You're on Packers OT. Hi, Parker. Good evening. Merry Christmas. You too, uh, Parker. What I was you at got? the game this evening, and I, oh, uh, thank you. Um, I was at the game this evening, and uh, one of the things, just listening to you talk to Wayne, um, I know that this is kind of putting things under a magnifying glass, and, and sounds kind of self selfish because we're twelve and three. But there's a concern that I have as a as a, a fan of the inconsistency. Um, I know we had you know the turnovers on the defense and the sacks. But there's there are plays that we could seal the game, kind of opportunities on offense. We can kind of you know kind of put the put your foot on their throat and and take them out of the game. We seem to kind of play down to our competition, and I'm just curious as like your take on it, just following the Packers. Um, you know, I, my concern is is that when we get to in, into the playoff run and we get against teams that are good, these plays that we have that are opportunities for us to kind of put the nail in the coffin and we let them kind of go past. Um, you know, kind of what your take is on that. And then uh, on a side note, I think um, Campbell and Douglas, I mean, those pickups were just phenomenal for us. They played, they both played really good games tonight. So I'm just curious to, to hear what you have to say about that. And I, uh, uh, thanks for your show, and have a good rest of the evening. 
Yeah, I appreciate the phone call, Parker. You know, inconsistency is the right word um, as it pertains to tonight's game. And really, if you look at the game against Seattle, the Packers won that game 17-0, a shutout win here at Lambeau Field, and you're saying to yourself, wow, well, the offense didn't really have it today. They weren't cooking. But the defense completely propped up a Packers win. And Russell Wilson had been injured, and he came back, and he just was off. I mean, it wasn't the typical Russell Wilson game. But that's still a tough team to beat much less shut out, and the Packers were able to do that. So since that game, the Packers' defense has started to slide, and the offense has started to take off. So the defense started giving up you know, upwards of 28 to 30 points a game, and the offense was scoring over 30 points a game. So it, it, it felt a little bit more like, I don't know, the, the balance you had a couple of years ago with this Packers team in year number one of Matt LaFleur's system. So I, it, it, kind of puzzling. Right, I, I think the defense in the red zone, I think it's been a problem all season long. They ranked 30th. Much of that damage was done in the first, I'd say, six, seven weeks of the season. Uh, but again, today, in a couple red zone opportunities that Cleveland was able to cash in, that number, that ranking is not going to improve before the end of the season. So I, it, it remains a thing. Or the Packers have been outstanding this season. Uh, I think they've generated a pretty consistent pass rush. But their turnover differential is among the best in football. And that's largely because Aaron Rodgers does not throw interceptions. And on a day like today, you had a rusty Baker Mayfield who did. Uh, he flat out gave the Packers the ball uh, by getting a little greedy and throwing passes he probably shouldn't have and being inaccurate with his throws. Uh, and the Packers cashed in on, on most of those opportunities. So, But it is sort of a, a maddening level of inconsistency. You know, would, would you rather win this kind of nail-biter, 24-22, you hang on and win, or would you rather win the 17 nothing? where it's like, I don't know, the offense didn't look that great, but, man, the defense was pretty solid. I, I don't think you can win grade at this point of the season when you're trying to hang on to be the number one seed, but I, I do think it's hard to ignore trends. And in the last five weeks, the trend is the Packers' defense has taken a step back. And uh, today the offense stalled. They, they looked... They looked like they were going to put up 35 again. And you got to the second half, and I think they had just one first down after their opening drive in which they scored a field goal. Just one first down the rest of the game. So, yeah, that, that inability to just totally squash a team when you had built a 24-12 to lead, that's a little concerning as well, especially on that home field. You'd love to say you cashed in four turnovers and throttled the team. The Packers generated four turnovers and barely hung on is another way to look at it. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us. We'll dip back into the locker room here before uh, we get out of Dodge. We'll take it till 9 o'clock tonight. Anxious to hear from you this Christmas evening on Packers OT. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Third and five at the 11 of Cleveland. Rodgers stands alone in the gun. And the snap. Throws right side, making the catch, Lazard, diving, pylon, touchdown! And there it is, number 443, the historic milestone in an iconic career for a legendary franchise, Aaron Rodgers, the most prolific touchdown passer in Green Bay Packers history. 
Record-setting day here at Lambeau Field. 24-22 the final. The Packers outlast the Cleveland Browns. For every Packers touchdown scored this season, Sargento donates $2,000 to help fight hunger through its Touchdowns for Hunger program. Shared by Milwaukee's Hunger Task Force and Paul's Pantry in Green Bay. Three touchdowns today. That means $6,000 donated to Touchdowns for Hunger to feed families in Wisconsin. Sargento will keep it going throughout the season for Touchdowns for Hunger. Benefiting Hunger Task Force of Milwaukee and Paul's Pantry in Green Bay. Sargento, the official cheese of the Green Bay Packers. Packers OT is presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us. Let's grab Steve, who is uh, on his way home from the game. Merry Christmas, Steve. You're on Packers OT. Merry Christmas, and thanks for taking my call. Um, I uh, uh, just want to say that I am extremely delighted that we won today and uh, you know the, the presence that the Green Bay Pack organization gave us is great the best one I've got uh, but um, I'm afraid that uh, our, especially our defense we, we have a lot of work to do uh, if we intend on beating the Minnesota Vikings next week I mean winning the last two games by a total of three points is not impressive. <laughs> you know, I, I I guess I don't. I, again, I don't want to get into win grading, but it's hard to ignore trends, right? And look, on the road against the Baltimore team that I think is a tough team, a tough place to play, regardless of the quarterback. I, I think the kid is good who backs up Lamar Jackson. I, you earned something there, and, and really, the Packers were in control of that game for the bulk, and it felt like. The same today. So I, Cleveland goes down, boom, boom, boom. They're in the end zone. It was crisp and clean, the opening drive for the Cleveland Browns. And then for whatever reason, Kevin Stefanski decides to get cute with Baker Mayfield, drop him back, and have him throw a bomb into double coverage. Just ridiculous. What are you doing? Baker Mayfield is not an accurate quarterback. He's not a downfield quarterback. He's just not. And he proved that, I think, today. Anytime he really had to make a move with his arm, it resulted in disaster, and the Packers were able to cash in. So uh, I don't know what gives you the thought that you can come into Lambeau Field and try and outduel Aaron Rodgers in a shootout, yet the Packers left the door open with their own deficiencies in stopping the run. Stefanski finally learned, hey, we can run the ball here in the second half. Even though we're down 24-12, to we can run our way back into this game. Had it been reversed, the script, and leaning on the run in the first half versus the second half, it might have been a different game today. Uh, as the Packers were not able to do much in the second half offensively. Drops, sacks, right? I mean, all sorts of issues. False starts. They had one first down after the first drive of the second half. So the offense stalled, and the defense sort of did what it did all game long. Struggled against the run. When Baker had to throw, they usually came up with a play. That's what happened, right? Four interceptions. Baker has to throw. That's a problem. But the run defense for the Packers, so they are giving up about four and a half yards per carry on the on the, the north end of four and a half yards per carry. And the teams see that, right? I mean, this is now on tape for over a month. Dalvin Cook is going to be the guy you have to worry about next week. Who knows who will be playing running back for the Detroit Lions. Then you get into the playoffs, it's a different animal, right? I mean, you might in, run into an offense that is a juggernaut on the ground. We'll see how it all plays out. At this point, the Packers will at least have an extra week to worry about that, prepare for it, and have that game at Lambeau Field, if they can hold on. But it's been a troubling month or so in terms of point production 
and some stats that jump off the page as being concerning. That's the overall view. I'm not overall concerned about the offense because while they hit a snag here in the second half today, they had been in a groove leading up to the second half of the game today. Point production has not been the problem. Keeping points off the board, that's been a problem. And ultimately, 22 points allowed, you're going to win a lot of football games if Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback. So thanks to the turnovers, thanks to the sacks, put it all together and and that's a win. The yards on the ground is what really stands out. Third down efficiency for the Browns really stands out. 7-12 on the day. That's a pretty good number, I think, overall for Cleveland. So, yes, opportunities for improvement are certainly there for the Green Bay Packers. But thankfully, thankfully, we are talking about it after a win. And the Packers' improvement to a 12-3 and record. And we're watching it on the TV right now, but the Indianapolis Colts have a 7 nothing lead over the Arizona Cardinals. That would be a win for the Packers. It takes a team that's sort of in it, in the hunt, for that top seed, even though the Packers have a tiebreaker. And it, it all but takes them out of the running for that top seed. So now you're down to Dallas and Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay's got all sorts of injury issues that they're worried about right now. And to be honest with you, I, I just don't believe in Dallas. I just don't. So uh, things are looking pretty good here for the Green Bay Packers, but there is plenty they need to get right. Plenty they need to get right. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us. uh, Let's grab another one here. It's Nick in Sheboygan. You're on Packers OT. Hi, Nick. Hi. uh, Merry Christmas to you. Uh, I was just uh, calling in a couple of callers ago talking about the consistency or inconsistency of the Packers. And that's the thing is I think that they actually have been consistent with their inconsistencies uh, as in terms of playing against teams that they play down to their level. And that's been the issue, like the Cleveland Browns, uh, uh, the Baltimore Ravens. They'll play down to the level, they'll keep them in the game, and that's been the issue. And honestly, I think the defense has been overperforming what they should be as opposed to what the offense is. Um, I know Devontae and Aaron Rodgers, they have a great couple of games and all that, and they're scoring points, but when it comes down to it, you double Devontae and everything just shuts down. And it, it kind of seems to be the trend uh, if they're playing a, a team with a good defense, the offense can't get something going. And even over the past few years, that's kind of what it's been, is every time we, we get going, it's it, it, they play down to another level that they, they shouldn't be. And going back to the last Super Bowl that they won, the defense probably wasn't even as good as what it is now. Um, and the offense just happened to perform at the level they should have or needed to to win that Super Bowl. And so I think that's yeah. what they kind of need to keep rolling. I, well, I, I don't know if I agree with that last point, Nick. I appreciate the phone call. Merry Christmas. It, the Packers have never won a Super Bowl without a top-five defense. Never. The last defense that I looked at and said, "Wow, that defense is that defense could win a Super Bowl," was 2014, and everything blew up in the NFC Championship game in Seattle. We don't want to revisit all that. This is the first defense since 2014 where I've looked at it and said, "You know what? This they could do this, right? They've got enough horses to do this." And I still believe in that overall, um, and I'm hopeful that Jair Alexander comes back because I think he only helps. Uh, Rasul Douglas has been great. I think Eric Stokes is great. I, I do feel like he's got to hang on to the ball when it's thrown his way. Had two opportunities tonight. One was on a two-point conversion, so incomplete picked off. Really doesn't matter in that situation. It didn't lead to points for the Browns. But you had another one that you, you could have shut down the Browns' comeback attempt, 
a little earlier in this ball game versus you know having to have Baker throw an interception on one of the final plays. So hopefully that just sort of comes around because he's there, he's getting his hands on a few things, but you've got to find a way to just you know close it out when the ball's in your hand. So inconsistency, that it can be troubling at times, and every team deals with it. The Packers are dealing with it and still winning. That's your silver lining here. Other teams that have dealt with it have maybe dropped a couple of games, and really that's not been the case so much for the Packers. It sort of bit them against Minnesota, no Aaron Rodgers against Kansas City, and then an absolute mess in week one against New Orleans. That's it. Only three losses here on the Packers' ledger. So holding out hope that you can continue to win as you get things ironed out here and hang on to that number one seed. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. More after this on the Packers Radio Network. Third and 10, 50-yard line, 50 seconds to go. Packers lead by just two. Three receivers right, one to the left. Mayfield in the shotgun with a setback to his left. Here's the snap. Rush on. Mayfield fires over the middle. Intercepted. 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 It is Rasul Douglas. And there is your Christmas dagger. Today's turning point of the game is presented by your Wisconsin Toyota dealers. Toyota-thon is on. It's time to ring in the season with a stylish new ride from Toyota. Got to hurry, though. The incredible savings won't last. Toyota, let's go places. Lambeau Field is where we broadcast from today. A Merry Christmas edition of Packers OT, presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. It's a very interesting drive here. Cleveland had a chance to win this game, taking over at the 25-yard line with just a little over two minutes left. They had a full complement of timeouts. The playbook was wide open. And at that point, they had been running the ball at a little over eight yards a clip. So you're obviously feeling a little bit concerned as Baker Mayfield, even though he had given up the ball three times prior to that point, took over. And then it was a run of three yards on first and uh, first and ten. Then it was a run of ten yards on second and seven just after the two-minute warning. Again, two-minute warning, clock stops. So now you got first and ten at the 39. It's a three-yard run. Okay, they're moving the chains a little bit. Second and six, incomplete. Third and six, they pick up six. Measurement decided it was a first down. So now you're at the 50-yard line. There's about a minute left in the game. You need a field goal to win it with a kicker that you probably don't trust because he's brand new. What do you do? Do you keep running the rock? You've got a full complement of timeouts. Or do you go to the air? They went to the air. They took a shot. They went downfield. Pass incomplete. They tried a screen pass to Nick Chubb, who was excellent today. And it was tipped at the line of scrimmage. So now it's third and ten, and Russell Douglas closed the game out with an interception. You put the ball in the hands of Baker Mayfield, he will disappoint you. It's happened time and time again. It happened again today. The defense did exactly what they had to do at the most critical moment, and Aaron Rodgers said this at the podium following the game. He credits the defense for closing the game out for the second consecutive week, and he would prefer the offense do it. The offense certainly had their chances to close things out today. So a bend but boat don't break defense today for the Packers, yes. It did come up big when they needed to most. Corey is in Janesville joining us next in Packers OT. Hi, Corey. Hey, how you doing? Merry Christmas. Thanks for taking the call. You too. Um, I wanted to, wanted to see your thought, hear your thoughts on, um, not to beat a dead horse, the defense. I mean, it seems last couple uh, defensive coordinators we've had, we've always had a, a fairly decent 
um, pass defense, but it always seems their hole is the, the run defense. Um, I'm wondering if that's the 3-4, if that's the personnel we have, if that's the, you know, just the members on the defense. Um, want to hear your thoughts on that. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, it's a, it's a good question, Corey, because I, I wouldn't have said, you know, aside of this last, you know, three, four weeks, I wouldn't have said run defense has been a big issue for the Packers. Now, it, typically you think this offense is going to put up enough points where you got to pass your way back into it. And that's how the Mike Pettin defenses were built. Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback. The offense is going to score points. So build a defense that can get after the quarterback, and when it's time to pin your ears back, you know they have to pass. Well, that's that's like gold for the defense. You just get after it, right? Put your ears back and go. Go get the quarterback. This defense has been a little more balanced, I think, than it has been in years past. But it's starting to become a thing now. And and i got to worry about Dalvin Cook. So that's another tall test here for the Packers. Um I do think they have pretty good players. I think Chris Barnes and Devondre Campbell can handle the run. Campbell can also handle the pass. Kenny Clark back. I was hoping that would make a bit of a difference. Now, the other thing is this. The Browns and Ravens are outstanding running teams. Outstanding. And even with Minnesota and Dalvin Cook, the Packers won't see a team, I think, with the ability to run the football like Baltimore and Cleveland in the playoffs. I don't think they'll see a team quite is polished in the run game. And that's even with some issues on the offensive line for Cleveland. So not to say you can't get better or shouldn't get better. I, you, you do, right? 219 yards is eye-popping. Um, but it's also what the Browns do best. It's not an excuse. But I don't think the Lions or Vikings on the ground are what the Browns are in total. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. We only have one game on our look around the league, and our look around the league is presented by Cousin Subs. Cousin Subs, we believe in better. It is a game of interest here for Packers fans in the desert. The Arizona Cardinals and their ten and four record taking on the playoff hopeful Colts. Colts with a record of eight and six, and it's Indianapolis on top of going to the second quarter. Seven six the score. Arizona just got into the end zone on a Chase Edmonds touchdown. However, the extra point was missed, so the Colts hang on to a one-point lead going into quarter number two. Keep you updated on that game throughout the program tonight. We'll take you to 9 o'clock here on the Packers Radio Network. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Mayfield under center, first and ten, Green Bay 15. And he takes the snap, takes the handoff, steps up, hit the sack. Taken down by Rashawn Gary. Back outside the 20 near the 24-yard line. A loss of nine yards. Well, the Packers came up with a few sacks today at critical times. Five sacks in total for the Green Bay Packers. You know, there was a series in the second half, specifically in the fourth quarter. This is when it was a 24-15 ball game. Cleveland was fighting their way back. And, you know, they had moved the ball down to the 31. And so it looked like they were in a position to get points on the foot, uh, on the board. They get a pass for three yards, and then it just starts to break loose here. A false start takes a second and seven and turns it into a second and 12. You get a sack by Preston Smith for a loss of two. Now it's third and 14. Then you had a sack by Dean Lowry on the very next play, and that was an eight-yard loss. So now you're looking at fourth and 22. You've gone, you've gone from the 31-yard line back to near midfield. And what do they do? They have a false start. So they were actually going to go for it on 4th and 22. 
they had a false start, or they at least lined up to go for it. Who knows what would have happened? Uh, nonetheless, a false start, and then they have to punt. So it, it completely went backwards for the Cleveland Browns. So, yeah, a little bit of self-sabotage there with the false start on second and seven. Uh, but that's when the Packers do some of their best work, when it's an obvious passing situation, second and 12, third and 14, and so on. Uh, they get sacks on back-to-back plays, one by Preston Smith and one by Dean Lowry. So that, that's what I mean when I say it was a mixed bag on defense for the Packers. They came up with some big plays when they needed to. Uh, but by and large, I think you look at the run defense and go, Ooh, that did not go very well today. 855-616-1620. Chris is in the UP joining us next on Packers OT. Hi, Chris. Hi, Merry Christmas. Um, thanks for taking my call. Uh, another barn burner. Um, thank God we didn't have any complaints for special teams today, but one comment I wanted to make is we got one bright, shining star in the secondary, and... Number 29, Rashal Douglas just keeps coming up with plays, and I'd like to hear your take on that. Chris, I appreciate the phone call, and uh, Merry Christmas to you, too. There is no doubt Rasul Douglas has been an absolute star here for the Green Bay Packers, and it, it really it's, it's it been a stroke of fortune here. The NFL rules have allowed for veteran players to be on practice squads, and because of that, the Packers were able to pounce. You know, it, it used to be that you know, first-year players, second-year players, the undrafted folks, that kind of thing. That's what your practice squads were. Well, now with COVID, practice squads have expanded, and you've got talented players, veteran players, who are having trouble, for whatever reason, finding the field with the team or organization that they belong to. So credit Brian Gutekunst for just plucking Douglas off the practice squad. He has saved the Packers on a few occasions now. So what are we talking about, three interceptions, uh, consecutive games at Lambeau? plus what he did in Arizona uh, against the Cardinals. Uh, he's been outstanding to the point where you've been able to absorb the loss of Jair Alexander. I do hope he'll be back. And in, in the case of today, you didn't have Kevin King on the field, and I know it's been a little up and down with Kevin King, but nonetheless, you start to get to the depth of your secondary, but, but you don't feel like you have to worry about it because Eric Stokes has been, I, I get it, he's a rookie, but been pretty good. And it, it's, he's had some tough matchups and, and done okay. And he'll have another one next week if he has to face Justin Jefferson. But Stokes and Douglas, that works. Stokes, Douglas, Alexander, Sullivan, that's even better. So uh, it's been pretty remarkable to watch a midseason pickup hop in with a team and just take flight. Uh, Oftentimes you get to this point of the season where the trade deadline hits and, and you don't see many moves made because typically it's just so difficult for a player to hop into a new system midstream, learn a new system, learn a new scheme, and be effective to the point where they don't really have to think, that they can just play. But Douglas is way beyond that point, right? I mean, he is just playing. Uh, and he even said after the game that all of the interceptions today came in man coverage. Uh, the Packers played a fair amount of zone, um, as I saw today. But nonetheless, all the interceptions came in man coverage. So that was cool to watch. And uh, he's just a joy to watch play overall. It was not a great tackling day for the Packers. And, you know, Stokes and Douglas and even Devondre Campbell were making a lot of tackles downfield, unfortunately. Uh, but, yes, uh, practice squad, midseason pickup to Pro Bowl. I, I don't know if you can ask for anything else. Let's chat with Ian in New York. Merry Christmas, Ian. Welcome to the program. Hey, guys, I'll make this quick. Merry Christmas. Thanks for taking the call. Um 
just curious your thoughts on the fact that I, I kind of felt like the game plan looked like you don't have Jair. You didn't expect to lose Kevin King. You did. Do you think the Packers just kind of said, back to your comments earlier, let Baker Mayfield beat us? We know we're going to get run on. Let him run. And I felt like they did let him run, but when it came down to time to do it, he couldn't throw to win the game, and I think they kind of banked on that. Yeah, I'd have to go back and look at how they lined up, Ian. I appreciate the phone call. The uh, the All-22 kind of gives me a good indication of where things are lined up. Uh, even though I was at the game today, a lot of times I'm watching the ball um, formation. Sometimes I just flat out miss. But it, it felt like in the second half, once things really started to get going, they were keeping an extra linebacker in that second level. Chris Barnes was alongside Devondre Campbell. In a situation where you might say to yourself, like, well, this is an obvious passing situation, the Packers were lined up to stop the run. And, and they still struggled to do it. I, I guess that was concerning to me. They did have that extra body in the box and still struggled to stop the run. So um, I, I don't think the loss of King really played much of a role. I, that's just that's hard to say. Um, but I like who they have back there with or without King. I, today, they, they got beat on the ball, right? It was, it was sort of an in-the-trenches kind of thing where Nick Chubb, Found a crease, found a seam, and was able to pick up a lot of yards after contact. 219 yards total. It's a pretty hefty amount. One hour down, one to go. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. We are back right after this. You're listening to the Packers Radio Network. Packers game day continues. It was really encouraging to see our guys when we had to, you know, kind of backs up against the wall and in the red zone, uh, come through and make some plays. With Packers OT, presented by Pillow Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. You can't come out talking about, you know, getting more opportunities and not um, bump through. So it's something that I'm going to make sure I do today. Now, hear from the fans, the players, and get updates from around the league. The big sequence was obviously into the first half, getting a touchdown, coming out in one place, 75 yards. With your host, Greg Matzik, on the Packers Radio Network. Three touchdown passes, no interceptions for Aaron Rodgers. Two touchdown passes, four interceptions for Baker Mayfield. That tells the story here at Lambeau Field. The Packers... Improved to 12-3 and with a 24-22 victory over the Cleveland Browns. Packers OT presented by Pella Windows and Doors up Wisconsin. It's Pella now, pay later at Pella Windows and Doors. Order by December 31st. Get five months no first payment, plus five years no interest. For details, visit PellaWI.com. We'll get back to your phone calls at 855-616-1620 in just a moment. First, we'll step aside 10 seconds for our stations to identify themselves on the Packers radio network. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2, Milwaukee. The Orthopedic Associates of Wisconsin helps keep you upright on game day and every day. There is a difference. We'll go back through the numbers of today's game here at Lambeau Field. Also dip back into the locker room and hear from Chandon Sullivan following today's win. A satisfying win, a little nerve-wracking. Packers jumping out. Or I should say, coming back, uh, being in a hole six to nothing, they come back and ultimately build a twenty-four to twelve lead. Then hang on down the stretch. It was a Rasul Douglas interception of Baker Mayfield to seal the deal here at Lambeau Field. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. Let's uh, talk to Nick, who was at the game tonight. Merry Christmas, Nick. You're on Packers OT. Hey guys, you hear me? Okay. We got you, Nick. Merry Christmas. Hello? Go ahead. 
Yes, sir. Thanks for taking my call. So uh, just a quick point on uh, the Stokes uh, drop uh, turnover. If he catches that and we do a, a seven-point swing or seven away from uh, Cleveland and seven plus us, uh, I mean, that's a 14-point swing. Game ends 31-15. We're not bashing the defense nearly as bad. Thanks for taking my call. Appreciate the phone call, Nick. I, I, I said it's been a mixed bag on defense, and, and I'm, I'm going to carry that throughout the rest of the night because I think it's true. Um, the play you're talking about happened in the fourth quarter. So this was the second drive for the Browns after they had scored a field goal to make it 24-15. But that was a long drive. That was a 14-play, 66-yard drive. It ate up over eight minutes of clock, right? I mean, they were getting it done. And, you know, the bulk of that damage being done was on the ground. You had a scramble for 12 yards. You had a run of five yards, a run of nine, a run of 13, a run of nine, a run of 14. And then for whatever reason, they just got into a position where they they got away from the run. I I don't understand it. Nonetheless, they scored a field goal, the Cleveland Browns. Their second drive, there was an end around that went for 13 yards. Then on first and 10, it was a three-yard run. And on second and seven, Eric Stokes dropped what should have been a, a pretty easy interception. So I, he, he drops the interception, but ultimately that drive ended with a punt. I mean, it, it didn't yield any points. It, it, there was nothing that happened on that drive other than some valuable clock being eaten up. So, you know, let's say Stokes makes that interception. You make it, you're, you know, in Brown's territory. Yeah, you, you like your chances to at least get three out of that. Maybe you get seven, and it's a different game. Uh, but no points were put on the board as a result of that drive. So Stokes drops the pick, the drive continues, but it stalls with a 4th and 27 in which the Browns had to punt. So mixed bag on defense, right? I mean, I think I summed it up right there. 14 plays, 66 yards, 8.05 o'clock, shoot up. That's not good. Holding the Browns to three points on that drive, that's pretty good. Dropping an interception, you never want to see that. Getting back-to-back sacks and forcing a 4th and 22, good. It really was back and forth, I think, with this defense today. Uh, but the run defense was not there at all. It just eight and a half yards a carry. Whew. It, it's offset because of four turnovers and five sacks. But eight and a half yards a carry is not good. Uh, it, tackling was not strong today for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, let's talk to Ron in Madison next on Packers OT. Hello, Ron. Yeah, good good day today. Good win. Uh, straight being twelve and three. So to keep uh, keep ahead of everybody else. So. Uh, Losing Robert Tanyan on that, well, that was big. That that hurt. That kind of cut down our on our proficiency, proficiency, especially in the red zone uh, for offense. And, and uh, seems like we're stalling out some of these games in the second half. Yeah, I mean today especially, right? I mean, we talked about that. Some of the inconsistencies on offense. You get three points on the first drive in the second half, and then just one first down the rest of the game. Um, well, I, technically two, I suppose. They had one on that final drive when it was you know, just 40 seconds left or whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, losing Robert Tunney is a big deal. I, I wouldn't say he was putting up monster numbers or you know anywhere near the same number of touchdowns that he put up last season, but he's still a threat. Um, I, I'd like to think Josiah DeGuar can backfill Robert Tunney, maybe not as much as a, a big, you know, down-the-seam kind of guy. I would say that DeGuar is probably a little more efficient of a blocker. Uh, than Tunyon is, but yes, he is a pass-catching weapon, and he is gone. And today you're down MVS as well. 
who was over 100 yards receiving against Baltimore and uh, had a very key touchdown in that game. So uh, you're missing a couple of different threats. So you had Devontae Adams. Uh, he was not given the double and triple team coverage that Baltimore gave him last week. And then your next uh, your next highest passing uh, or receiver is five receptions for 21 yards for Aaron Jones. Two receptions, 45 yards for Alan Lazard, including a touchdown. So yeah, the passing numbers were pretty well muted today overall. Uh, it wasn't an inefficient day for Aaron Rodgers. He had 10 incompletions, but just 202 yards. Um, you know, the quarterback rating is still pretty lofty, but uh, it, it wasn't a game where Aaron just took over with his arm. It looked like it could have been that way uh, for what he did in the first half with those three touchdowns, uh, but it really stalled out in the second half. You know, the, the proficiency on offense was very much muted uh, once they got that, that field goal on the board in the third quarter. Uh, Mike is joining us next from Fargo. Welcome to the program, Mike. Merry Christmas. Uh, Merry Christmas. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, um, I think, uh, well, first thing is uh seemed like um, when we played Arizona, uh, Johnny Gray was a defensive coordinator. And it seemed like the uh, defense had a lot more spring in their step. And uh, obviously his uh, coaching ability with the uh, DBs and Rasul Douglas, is, I think, has uh, been way overlooked on what he's been doing. And um, compared to Joe Barry, um, I, you know, <clears throat> no, you know, uh, I, I guess I just go on with that. And as far as uh, in the second half, no first downs. Um, I think uh, Aaron, uh, you know, he had that whatever he had issue there, hurt a little bit. I'm just glad uh, Love wasn't playing in there at the end. Uh, he didn't get drilled uh, a little bit more on that one uh, linebacker came up the middle. But um, anyway, it's uh, it's uh, it's a win and. Uh, you know, they, uh, one last thing I apologize is they ran, they, and the reason why I'm talking about Joe Barry is they ran the same plays over and over on the ground. I mean, it's a Vince Lombardi play, pull the guard, pull the other guard. You got two Pro Bowl guards there pulling them guards behind Nick Chubb. I mean, it's, they, all they did is ran the same play over and over and over. And on the defensive side, uh, the, uh, D backs held their own. They didn't make any adjustments, uh, up front with that. And uh, that's what's kind of a little disappointing, you know, when you run the same three or four plays uh, over and over. Anyway, that's all I got. Appreciate the phone call, Mike. My belief, and I'd have to go back and watch the tape, but my my belief is that there was nothing fancy here from the Cleveland Browns rushing attack. It was just physical, beat you at the line of scrimmage, and have a really good running back uh, find his way, pick through seams, and and pick up a lot of yards. And, And that's what happened today. Uh, but there was nothing tricky. There's a couple little end-around kind of things that, that worked on occasion for the Browns. Okay, a uh, good way to mix it up and challenge uh, in over-pursuing defense. Uh, I'll challenge you on the point that the players don't play up for Joe Barry. I, I don't buy that at all. Um, that game against Arizona when you talked about having a spring in your step, I mean, how is that any different from the Packers' win over Baltimore? Right? I mean, to me, it's no different. Um a really good team came back. A playoff caliber team came back on the Packers on their home field. And a defensive play helped seal the deal. That's what happened against Arizona. That's what happened against Baltimore. Uh, also keep in mind the Packers shut out the Seattle Seahawks earlier this year. So I, I don't buy that, even though the numbers have slipped here. Um, but there is something to the effect of numbers slipping to the point where you, you wonder here, is this Packers defense, are, are they more the team we've seen in the last month? Or more of the team we saw build into a top five unit the first, you know, eight nine weeks of the season. Um, 
it's a question I don't really have the answer to. I, I don't know, and that, that's, that's something that has to get sorted out here before too long. 855-616-1620, if you'd like to join us, let's step aside here for a brief moment. Just want to give you an update what else is going on around the league. So two games on the Christmas schedule, and our look around the league is presented by Cousin Subs. Cousin Subs, we believe in better. Game number two, it's a night game on the NFL Network, currently taking place in Arizona, where the Phoenix, excuse me, Arizona Cardinals in Greater Phoenix are trailing the Indianapolis Colts. It is seven to six. About six and a half minutes left to go in the second quarter. Uh, the Colts have the ball at midfield on a third and 15. They are driving, but it looks like this drive is going to stall. And uh, even though they're on the uh, good side of the field here, it looks like they're going to have to punt the ball away. So Arizona will have another shot here to take a lead before the half ends. Keeping an eye on this, right now the Cardinals are you know, a game and a half back of the Packers in the standings for the top seed in the NFC. Keep in mind, Green Bay owns the tiebreaker as well. So a loss here for the Cardinals tonight, and they're pretty much out of it as it pertains to that number one seed in the NFC. Wouldn't mind reducing the number of teams in the mix here if you're the Packers. Cowboys, of course, are right there uh, with a record of 10-4, and same with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. We'll step into the locker room coming up after this on the Packers Radio Network. Third and five at the 11 of Cleveland. Rodgers stands alone in the gun. And the snap. Throws right side. Making the catch. Lazar diving. Pylon. Touchdown. And there it is. Number 443. The historic milestone in an iconic career for a legendary franchise. Aaron Rodgers, the most prolific touchdown passer in Green Bay Packers history. The Whatever It Takes play of the game is presented by Bryant Heating and Cooling. Aaron Rodgers to Alan Lazard for the touchdown to put the Packers on the board was also the 443rd touchdown pass in the Hall of Fame career of Rodgers, surpassing Brett Favre. They had a little video message from Favre on the Jumbotron today congratulating Aaron on his remarkable accomplishment. The Whatever It Takes play of the game presented by Bryant Heating and Cooling, doing whatever it takes to keep your family comfortable. Find your local dealer at bryant.com. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us. Before we get back to the calls, let's step inside the locker room. Shandon Sullivan, key member of the Packers secondary, came up with an interception of Baker Mayfield today. He's standing by with Larry McCarron in this locker room report. Shandon, first of all, just your emotions after Notchins' big victory. Man, we needed this win. You know, it's never easy in the NFL. We came out here and did what we had to do. We made it close, but we finished on top. Okay, give me the behind-the-scenes story of your interception. Well, wow, you know, it was third and 19. We was in a little bit of soft zone coverage, and I was able just to read Baker's eyes, you know, go up and make a play. Now, Chandon, you guys come up with four picks, five sacks. Those are a lot of impactful plays, are they not? Of course, you know, we preach it all, all the day, all every day of the week, excuse me. But uh, it's about getting the ball and giving the ball back to 12, you know, it's that simple. Now, after it's all said and done, the Browns were able to run the football. How do you balance that equation? Well, we knew they were going to try to come out and run the ball. You know, Chubb, he's an amazing back, you know, one of the best in the NFL. So we just tried to do the best we could. You know, we got a little, you know, soft in the second half, but a win's a win. Okay, you got two regular season games left. What's important now, Chandon? Just keep winning. 
finish. You know, the goal is to be the best. You know, we accomplished the NFC North last week, but we got more work to do. So back to the basics, you know, watching film, getting healthy. Was it a Merry Christmas for Shannon Sullivan? It was a Merry Christmas. You know, I got to see my family, uh, my sisters, and my brothers got to see me play for the first time. So this was just such a blessing, and, uh, you know, I'll never forget this day. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us here in the program. Dave is in Wisconsin. Well, that's nice. Dave, we're all in Wisconsin, I think, or most of us anyway. You're on uh, Packers OT. Hi, Dave. Yeah, hi, Greg. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Merry Christmas to everyone. Uh, I'm going to change gears a little bit um, from defense to offense, although I thought the defense will maybe get a chance next week if Delvin Cook starts to uh, lab out their, their run stop. But uh, I was curious about getting your thoughts on the uh, fourth and short call that LaFleur went for in the uh, beginning of the game in the first quarter and uh, whether he's trying to make a statement or you know, the play call was a pitch to Jones, which worked. Uh, I believe they called that play later in the game, and it didn't work so much. But I was curious to get your thoughts on, uh, on the uh, call itself. Oh, Dave, I, I assume you're calling in because I, are, are you not in favor of the uh, the going for it on your own side of the of the uh, fifty yard line in that situation? Um, yeah, I questioned the call when it when it happened. I mean, they got it, but I mean, it was early on, and um, I I don't know. I yeah, I just I don't know. I I questioned it, and um, it worked. And um, is was he trying to make a statement that he feels that he can get you know? a first down easily like that or or what it 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 really is interesting watching play calling in today's NFL uh it, it is a go for it league more more so than ever in my time covering the NFL it is a go for it league thanks for the phone call dave sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't right i mean we saw it last week against baltimore where jim harbaugh went for it on, on a fourth down at his own 29 and, and it was early, like plenty of time to get the ball back. And it, like, what are you doing? And it didn't work. And then they decided to go for a two at the end of the game. We're going to win this thing. We're going to win it on our home field. And forget about playing for overtime. We are done. We're going to win this game or we're not. And the Packers defense came up with a play, kind of a weird play call from Baltimore, but nonetheless, it, those backfired. So they can be enormous decisions in a game. I mean, those were magnified because it was a fourth-quarter situation and then an end-of-game situation. And this was first quarter, right? You're down 6 nothing. It's relatively early. And you've got a chance to you know, get down the field, get into the end zone. I, I don't know. Um, ultimately, the Packers punted on that play, on that particular drive. But, yes, they did pick up a fourth and one with a four-yard run. It's just Matt LaFleur's style. I will be very curious to see if this level of aggressiveness continues in the postseason. I just think back to the way the game ended against Tampa Bay in the NFC Championship game last year, right? Aaron Rodgers thinking that, okay, maybe it's four-down territory down here. Let's let's you know, see what we can do on third down with the understanding that we'll get another shot on fourth down. It proved not to be the case. It was we got nothing on third down and well, really nothing on first and second down as well, and that it was field goal time instead of go-for-it time. Okay, it didn't work, right? The Packers did not win that game. So it, does the level of aggressiveness hang on in the playoffs, or is it only pulled out of the hat when necessary? Because, uh, to your point, Dave, fourth and one in the first quarter, down 6 nothing from 
about the 40-yard line. Not even the 40-yard line, right? It's more like the 35-yard line. Um, I would say it's not necessary at that time, but what we've come to know from Matt LaFleur, it's common for him to call for it. He just does it. It's interesting, but it's a go-for-it league, man. It is a go-for-it league. That's been one of the biggest changes in the NFL in the last five, six years. There's the willingness to roll the dice on fourth down. 855-616-1620, if you'd like to join us, we have got you for another 45 minutes or so. We'll get back into the locker room here from Preston Smith. Packers defensive line with four sacks, excuse me, five sacks of Baker Mayfield today, four interceptions, so some of the good from the Packers defense in today's 24-22 win. Packers OT is presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Trailing the Packers 14-12, shotgun snap Mayfield, half roll left, throws back left side, intercepted, intercepted, receiver fell down, it's intercepted by Rasul Douglas, and he's brought down at the 50-yard line. Wow, Rasul Douglas again, his fourth interception. Nine plays and 49 yards later, the Packers were in the end zone. Aaron Rodgers to Devontae Adams in a 21-12 lead. Packers would tack on a field goal, win this game 24-22. Clip notes that great clips do not involve a yellow flag. Great clips saves your details so you can get the look you love no matter what stylist or salon you visit. All you have to do is download the app and schedule your greatness at your convenience. Rasul Douglas, today's great clips, great player of the game. Two interceptions of Baker Mayfield in a two-point win over the Browns. Packers OT presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Let's talk to Ian in Oshkosh. You're on Packers OT. Hi, Ian. Hi. Uh, Merry Christmas, uh, number one. Um, number two, as I was telling the screener, um, I'm a retired due to disability Oshkosh police officer. Um, retired last year, so this is the first time in 13 years um, I've been able to actually watch games and then listen to your show and be able to call in, you know, <laughs> and not have it be an issue. Um, so I just, you know, it, it feels like something special this year, and I'm not much of a, like a technicality um, football guy, but it just reminds me of the 96 season the 2010 season where things are just, it feels different. And I was wondering if, you know, if you guys felt the same way. Ian, first of all, Merry Christmas. Second of all, thank you for your service and uh, being part of the law enforcement group at UW, well, not UW Oshkosh, but I imagine you may have had a call or two around there. Uh, and thank you for calling into the program. Appreciate your time. Uh, boy, I hope you're right. You know, there, I think there's moments in every season uh, especially when you have an Aaron Rodgers-led team where you feel like, yep, yeah, here's the turning point, here's it's coming together. And, you know, for so many years it, it felt like there was an imbalance where the offense and the defense just weren't really in sync, that the offense was prolific. Man, look at the numbers. And the defense was, well, lacking. And there were certain years the Packers got into the playoffs and, and even in the NFC Championship game, and you thought to yourself, I don't think they can win this game. Uh, this, To me, this this happened when the Packers traveled to Atlanta. Not the Tremont Williams pick six, Packers go to the Super Bowl uh, year, but a few years later, where the Packers had to be perfect on offense to win that game. And they could not stop Matt Ryan. They could not stop Julio Jones. They could not stop the Falcons, and they got boat raced. 
And then again against San Francisco. I, I just didn't think the Packers were better than San Francisco, and they ran for over 200 yards, and my goodness, that was just uh, not a great effort. But in 2014, I felt like the Packers' defense was championship quality. In 2011, or 2010, I should say, Super Bowl in 2011, I felt like it was championship quality. And it was. It proved to be. For moments this year, I felt like, yep, here we go. This Packers defense can win a game in the trenches. Physicality is there. Difference-making, playmaking ability is there. It's just been a little inconsistent of late, where the point production has trickled up to a level of of concern where, where you're you're allowing 30 against the Bears and you know 30 against the, the Ravens on the road and you know if it weren't for four turnovers you know it's 22 points here but also keep in mind I, the Browns missed an extra point and had a failed two point conversion attempt in today's game it was a two point win so uh, there are certainly some trends that you point to and say I, I just don't know about it first seven eight weeks of the season maybe nine you're saying to yourself this is legit man wow. But I feel like it's better connected, offense and defense, this year than it was last year. Packers were in the NFC Championship game last year. Better than the year before. Packers were in the NFC Championship game the year before. So in that light, I do feel like it's a better opportunity for the Packers to be a Super Bowl team because I feel like everything is going to route through Green Bay once again. And some good teams are going to go up against each other in the playoffs, and and they're going to knock each other out, which is uh, ultimately, I think, a good thing. So... Uh, you know, lots to be seen yet for how this playoff puzzle is going to shape up. But right now the Packers are in as good a shape as you could possibly be with two weeks to go. They've got a lead. They've got a little buffer. They've got division opponents to try and control over the next two weeks, one of which is at home, Minnesota, another one on the road at a Detroit team that is playing better. They're playing more inspired. But there is still a significant talent gap between the Packers and Lions. Let's talk to Adam in Michigan. Thank you for holding, Adam. You're on Packers OT. Hi, Greg. Hello, can you hear me? Merry Christmas, Adam. Go ahead. Hello, can you hear me? Merry Christmas to you, too, and I want to thank you first off for being there for everybody to vent to, especially on Christmas night. Um, two quick things. I think everybody's beat the defense up quite a bit, so I'll shy away from that. But uh, on a positive note, I was impressed with uh, Al Lazar's play. I know he had the one drop in the end zone, but I thought his one-handed catch over the top was highlight-worthy on ESPN. It was beautiful. Um, also, the concern I have and what you take on it is on the two three-and-outs in the fourth quarter, it kind of felt like back to the old Mike McCarthy days. And I do like Coach LaFleur, but I was – if they were trying to run the clock out there, I'm a little curious why they wouldn't have used Dylan a little bit more rather than uh, Aaron Jones. Uh, go and take your thoughts. Thank you. Yeah, you know, it, it's it, I don't really understand the rhyme or reason um, behind who's in at what juncture. Um, it, it could be play design. It could be moment of the game. It could be time and situation, down and distance. I mean, who knows? There's a variety of things. It's a pretty even split with these guys, um, for the most part anyway. I mean, Jones is a little more productive. Uh, on the ground today was 66 yards, 12 attempts versus 9 for Dylan. Um, in the passing game, Jones a little more involved than Dylan with 6 targets versus 3. So um, a little shy of 20 touches for Aaron Jones on a day where he didn't really have a ton of plays run. Um, I would expect Dylan to be in that 15 range, and he's a little shy of that today with 12. Um, I've seen Aaron Jones plunge ahead and take a pile into the end zone on 3rd and one. And I've seen A.J. Dillon do it also. 
Um, I think they're both good cold-weather backs. I think they can both be tough short yardage backs. We've also seen A.J. Dillon stoned at the goal line against Baltimore. That uh, that didn't work out. So um, I think Matt LaFleur is comfortable using both. I get it, though. He's a sledgehammer. Uh, you like him in those situations because uh, you always feel like he's going to plow forward. Um, but Aaron Jones, I think, has performed really well in those situations. But uh, to your point, everything did stall in that fourth quarter especially. Um, three and out fest, really, for the Packers in the second half, aside of one drive that resulted in a field goal. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us. Uh, let's do this. Let's step aside, hop into the locker room here from Preston Smith. Uh, another key figure on the Packers' defense the good of the Packers' defense, five sacks, four turnovers. It sort of it kind of cancels out the 219 yards allowed on the ground. Came up pretty big when they needed to. Here's Preston Smith with Larry McCarron. Preston, did it turn out to be a Merry Christmas for you? Uh, yeah, this is a great Christmas for me, man. We got a win, of course, the most important thing. I got a sack. I guess, you know, people keep on reminding me I'm getting closer to my bonuses and I'm hitting bonuses, so... It's just great. We got a great team. Went out there. Guys played hard, fought hard through it, and made some good plays, and we came out on top of the end. Your sack, one of five sacks. First question, it seemed like tonight you guys were doing a consistent job of getting pressure from more than one point. Would you agree? Yeah, man. Guys are just rushing. You know, Rashawn had two tonight. Questionable one of them, but, you know, it happened. But, you know, he got two tonight. He was rushing well. Um, Dean got one. I got one. And I'm missing – oh. Hey, who else got one? Did Kenny get one? No, I don't it was believe five, it. Was four or five? I don't know, but, you know, a lot of guys are just rushing. We was getting pressure from all ways, man. We just got to go look at the film, get better, and just try to keep on improving each and every week. Now, Preston, you all guys also had four interceptions, and to go with those five sacks, those are a lot of impactful plays. Did they kind of offset the fact that the Browns did kind of run the ball pretty darn well? I mean, it's, it's always great to celebrate those moments and those turnovers. and uh, We always emphasize turnover and getting the ball back for our offense. Uh, but we got to improve in the run game. You know, that, that's, we, we weren't playing like ourselves. They out-schemed us in the run game, and we know we got to be better going into the next game against, you know, uh, you know, a great Dalvin Cook. Okay, two games left, Vikings and the Lions after that. What's important now? You've been through this this run before and this drive to the playoffs. What's important now? Uh, just finishing strong, man. You know, continuing to be us, man. Don't let up and make sure we keep our foot on the gas and that we go out there and improve each and every week and we go out there and fight for wins and we give our best foot, you know, our best foot forward and we make sure that we go out there and give championship effort is what the mindset we have right here. Is that top seed in the NFC which you currently own? Is that something that's top of mind on a, like a daily basis? Yeah, we, of course. You know, we always want to have the one one seed, and we always want to have home field events throughout the playoffs because we know what it's like to come through here in the playoffs in Lambeau, and we just want to make sure we guarantee that it has to come through here and that we have to, you know, finish strong at home and that we finish the season out strong and we make sure we, we stay consistent because, you know, and we get a first-round bye to rest our bodies and get ready for the next opponent. It's Packers linebacker Preston Smith, who uh, officially with a sack today, one of five for the Packers defense in a 24-22 win over the Cleveland Browns. Your reaction to today's win? Kind of a mixed bag at Lambeau Field, but nonetheless, Packers are 12-3 with a nice position here in the NFC playoff race. Comfortable lead, a little buffer space with two weeks to go over the Cowboys and Buccaneers, and potentially by the end of the night, a two-game advantage over the Arizona Cardinals. Keep you updated on that game as we continue 
Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. 32-yard field goal attempt off the right hash mark. 9.16 to go in the quarter. Signals being called. Here's the snap. Placement made, and the kick is up. And it is straight through. 24-12 Green Bay, 9-12 to go in the third. And a reminder that Sartori Cheese donates $1,000 to the Make-A-Wish Foundation of Wisconsin for every field goal by Green Bay. Prior to the game, $20,000 had been donated and an additional $1,000 today. One field goal for Mason Crosby in today's win. So $21,000 minimally will be donated to the Make-A-Wish Foundation of Wisconsin. We'll get that going throughout the playoffs here on the Packers Radio Network. Those were the final points of today's game. A Mason Crosby field goal through the uprights that ended the scoring here and allowed the Packers to hang on for a 24-22 to win. That ended the scoring for the Packers more accurately. The Browns were able to add a field goal and a touchdown to really make things interesting. And again, they had the ball with two minutes to go at the 28-yard line and a full complement of timeouts. And ultimately, when the game was put into the hands and arm of Baker Mayfield, he fell apart. An incomplete pass on a first and 10 from the 50, followed by a pass that was batted down on a screen play and a third and ten interception by Rasul Douglas. That ended it. And a couple just uh, runs by A.J. Dillon sealed the deal, and the Packers go into the locker room with a win and a record of 12-3. and Let's talk to Bill next on Packers OT. Thanks for holding, Bill. Welcome to the show. Yeah. Hello. Uh, First-time caller, thank you. Uh, Merry Christmas. Uh, what do you think Aaron Rodgers is going to give his offensive line for uh, – Christmas this year with this win. Uh, he's got a lot of offensive linemen to buy for, doesn't he? Appreciate the phone call, Bill. I look how many players have been used on the offensive line. I mean, Cole Van Lannen's into the game, Ben Braden, Yash Nyman was out of today's game due to an injury. Hopefully he's okay. Uh, I suppose you still have to buy for David Bakhtiari, uh, even though he has yet to play a game this season. There have been so many different players used on that offensive line, but uh, today, Rodgers was not sacked, and I know Miles Garrett was not 100%, and Jadavian Clowney did not play, and that's a big deal for the Cleveland Browns. I mean, their pass rush attack, nowhere near where it is with a full complement of healthy players. But the Packers' offensive line has been down multiple bodies throughout the entire season. I mean, they lined up today without a single member of their starting offensive line. Uh, Royce Newman is the only one, pardon me. So the, the rookie, right, the rookie right guard. I mean, it's been a revolving door, yet Rodgers was not sat today, although I, I think I, I think Newman stepped on Rodgers' foot. Um, he looked to be in a bit of pain after that. He did say after the game that his toe was ultimately okay. It felt pretty good going into the game. Uh, did not need a shot or anything wacky at halftime, and you know, hopefully he'll be all right for next week. But, uh, yeah, he's going to play through it. We know that. Uh, but, yes, whatever he's getting his offensive line is well-deserved because the offensive line has been outstanding here for the Packers this season. Uh, with an opportunity, I'm hopeful here. I, I wouldn't say I'm confident, but I'm hopeful that David Bottieri returns with an opportunity to play at least one game before the postseason. That becomes a really interesting situation. If he cannot play the regular season, would you bring him back for the postseason if he were medically cleared, healthy, ready to rock? Um, I, that becomes a really interesting decision 
if he has not played a snap of football during the regular season. We'll see. Time will tell. Also hopeful to get Jair Alexander back on the field here before too long. 24-22 the final. The Packers approved to 12-3 and with the win. We'll go through some of the numbers coming up on the other side. Uh, entertaining game in the mixed bag here for the Packers. Offense and defense had some bright spots. And they also stumbled. But in the end, they were able to stumble and hold on to get a victory over a team that still has playoff hopes. To take our final quick look around the league, it won't take terribly long. Just one game going on. They are at the half, and a look around the league is presented by Cousin Subs. Cousin Subs, we believe in better. It is 12-6 at the half. The Indianapolis Colts got a safety and a field goal after scoring a touchdown, so kind of a bizarre score here. 12-6 at the half. The Indianapolis Colts lead the Arizona Cardinals, and uh, you're looking for a loss here. If you're a Packers fan, Cardinals will fall to 10-5. And with the Packers at 12-3, and three, and there you go. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals are out of the mix. Uh, even if the Packers were to lose two games and Arizona win both, Arizona could not pass Green Bay in the standings. However, I think if the Packers lose two games, the likelihood of hanging on to that number one seed are pretty slim. Uh, Going to have to win at least one of these final two, I think, for Green Bay to hold on to that number one seed. Nonetheless, get another team sort of out of your hair, if you will. If the Colts can hang on for a victory, that will certainly be the case. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. We'll wrap up Packers OT after this on the Packers Radio Network. Have a holly jolly Christmas. Snap Mayfield shotgun. He scrambles to his right, now takes it straight ahead. He's hit and taken down. Brought down at the 34-yard line. It appears to be a loss of one. Preston Smith on the sack. Five stacks for the Packers on the day. That's the good news here. They did allow 400 total yards, and over half of that total was on the ground. So not ideal for the Green Bay Packers. It was a mixed bag. I've used the phrase all day long, and I'm going to hold with that here as Cleveland was proficient on third down, 7 of 12 conversions, over 400 yards, over 200 yards on the ground. Those are eye-popping numbers here. And Against the Cleveland Browns, Four interceptions by Baker Mayfield. You're able to survive that and get a win. Yeah, it's not the kind of performance you'd like to see the defense pitch in a game with a, you know, a little more at stake. And I know at stake is holding on to your number one seed, uh, but the season continues regardless of the outcome of today's game. And get into a situation in the playoffs, 200 yards allowed plus on the ground, not exactly a recipe for a win. Uh, But, again, offset today by four turnovers forced and five sacks. Those are big-time numbers. Meanwhile, Aaron Rodgers was not sacked at all, and Green Bay did a good job protecting the football. I've not given a nod to special teams, uh, aside of a sort of a tongue-in-cheek comment talking to Wayne Larravee earlier in the program. Special teams was solid today, and credit where credit is due. I I think some of what you saw was by design. I I I think there were some punts where it was like just... (laughs) Can you, can you kick a tort out of bounds? Can we make sure there is no return? Uh, but the kick coverage units were solid. Mason Crosby made his only field goal attempt. All of his extra points went through. And, uh, yes, the Browns missed an extra point and missed out on a two-point conversion. So they left points off the board. So uh, every point counted here for the Packers today. Uh, but it was a, a strong day for the Packers special teams. And, and a strong day might just be not screwing up. And that's okay. Right? There, was, there was no eye-popping return for the Packers via punt or kick. There was no eye-popping return allowed via punt or kick. It was a, a pretty clean day, I think, overall. So 
you know, perhaps a step in the right direction here for special teams. Uh, that was certainly not the reason this game was as close as it was and came down to, well, you know, the final drive here for the Cleveland Browns, uh, a drive that ended with Rasul Douglas intercepting Baker Mayfield. Two interceptions for Douglas on the day. Chandon Sullivan also had an interception today as uh, the Packers' defense was pretty strong. Darnell Savage with an interception as well. Uh, not a perfect day tackling. I thought the tackling was lacking a little bit today. Matt LaFleur mentioned that as well in his post game. As for individuals, Aaron Rodgers, pretty clean. 202 yards, rather modest total there. It felt like the bulk of that came in the first half. Also three touchdowns, all of which came in the first half. And each came after a Browns turnover. So you talk about cashing in on your opportunities. Now, the Packers certainly did that with each of their three touchdowns scored after a Baker Mayfield interception. Savage picks off Mayfield. It's into the end zone, five plays, 53 yards. Sullivan picks off Mayfield into the end zone, 10 plays, 78 yards in just under five minutes. And then another interception by Rasul. And it's a touchdown to Devontae Adams, nine plays, 49 yards. I guess the final touchdown didn't result in points, but put the ball back in the hands of the Packers, and they were able to just you know, run the ball out with a little over a minute left. So clean day for Rodgers, as opposed by his counterpart, Baker Mayfield. Just 21 of 36, 222 yards. He was sacked five times. He had two touchdowns. He was also intercepted four times. I, I get it. There's probably some rust there for Baker Mayfield. Um, given the COVID situation, really short week here for the Cleveland Browns, uh, but I thought he was terrible today. And if if this show in Cleveland is what I think it is, they are wondering what the future at quarterback is in Cleveland. Uh, Devontae Adams, 10 catches, 114 yards, two touchdowns. He is beating himself up because he dropped a pass on third and six in the fourth quarter that could have probably salted the game away. I think the Packers are in a good spot. I know Cleveland had a full complement of timeouts, and they also had the two-minute warning. But you pick up that third and six, you get to the two-minute warning, and then it's about bleeding timeouts from the Cleveland Browns, at the very least. Uh, But Adams, unable to haul in a pass from Aaron Rodgers on a third and six, forced the ball back into the hands of the Browns. Still a brilliant day for Devonta Adams. Ten for a buck, 14, targeted 13 times. Aaron Jones, the second-leading receiver in terms of receptions, five for 21. So not a lot of yards through the air. You're missing MVS. I get that. Robert Tunyon's been out for several weeks. Uh, Josiah DeGuar didn't really pick up much slack today, though he has been coming on of late, and I think you'd like his progress there. Uh, but a, a pretty quiet day for pass catchers not named Devontae Adams. So hopefully you get MVS back here in uh, the next week against the Minnesota Vikings, uh, and certainly in time for the playoffs. Uh, as the Packers hold on to that number one seed. At least we hope they do. For the Browns, Nick Chubb was a star of the game on offense for them, 126 yards. He averaged over seven yards per carry with a long of 27. So he didn't have, like, you know, this 70-yard burst that really skews your average. That is a relatively short, long carry of the game to achieve a 7.4 yards per carry average. Uh, That stands out to me. So it felt like... You know, Nick Chubb was falling ahead and just getting four yards every time he touched the ball. Uh, it does make me wonder why the Browns didn't commit to the run earlier in this game. Um, they were more riding Baker Mayfield's arm in the first half and, and finally started running the ball in the second half and then just it sort of ran out of time, or at least it appeared to be that way. Uh, but they were picking up some pretty big chunks today with a long gain of 30, which happened on a third in 10. 
So I, the net of it all is this. The Packers are still a first-place team in the NFC with a record of 12-3. and They're a perfect 7-0 and at home. Today was not perfect. Today was far from perfect. But they still find a way to win. The Browns are shorthanded. The Packers are also shorthanded. Not the same level of COVID issues. Not a short week. I get that. But there's still a pretty good amount of adversity that the Packers are fighting through. They're doing it and still winning games. I, I think there is something to be said for that. At the end of the day, you come away with a win against a playoff hopeful team back-to-back weeks when you weren't at your best. And that, I think, can only mean good things as long as you get some of these things corrected moving forward. Uh, But I like that, finding ways to win. Not every game is going to be a blowout. And come playoff time, this is the kind of stuff you're looking at. Narrow victories. Margin of error is thin. Can you find a way? Can you come up with a play when you have to come up with a play? The Packers did that on several occasions here tonight uh, against a quarterback who was struggling, I think. And coming off COVID, and there's it's a lot going on here. It doesn't have his full complement of targets as well. Uh, there are some issues with the Cleveland Browns on offense, to be sure. But I like the Packers' resolve and love that they are 12-3. and three. The next time we join you, it will be the final game before the new year is rung in. Right? What is this game coming up against the Minnesota Vikings? It is on the horizon here uh, in the next week, and then we've got the closing things out against the Detroit Lions uh, as we have January 2nd. My goodness, it'll be 2022 the next time we speak, just like that. I want to thank everybody for being a part of our program each and every week. A Merry Christmas to one and all. Thank you for spending a portion of your holiday with me here on the Packers Radio Network. And a very special thanks to our game day crew. This is some heavy lifting for Greg Hill for Ashton Rotman especially, doing all of the work at our Packers game day studios. Special thanks to Adrian Amos for joining us on the program. Also to voice of the Packers, Wayne Larrabee. For Greg Matzik from Lambeau Field, signing off for the final time after a 24-22 victory, this has been a presentation of the Packers Radio Network.